0: Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk.
1: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Argyle Chat, joining me to look back on a pretty good week for the Pilgrims and the usual suspects, Chris Errington and Jack Ball. Hiya guys. Good morning. Hi, good you. Hi Jack. You okay?
2: Yeah, all good, thank you.
0: Still celebrating promotion, Jack? Um, as I remember saying in the last podcast we did that I wasn't overly excited for some reason I think the the events that have taken over since March somewhat numbed the whole feeling and it was sort of just going to seem to be some sort of muted celebration but I've got to give credit to those that work at Argyle that when they posted that video of Ryan Lowe saying about pump it up and then they played the music out loud I it gave me everything I wanted it to have you know it's not the same as celebrating in the stadium but it's got me really excited and now for me with the playoffs coming up it just feels like it now it is just a normal summer break if that makes sense so I'm I'm ready you know, with the new shirt arriving that I've ordered and it just feels like it feels normal now that it's the summer so I'm I'm excited for next season who knows whether we'll be able to go and watch games straight away but I, yeah the, the video worked wonders for me and I'm sure many other members of the Green Army
1: I think that's what our Argyle fans needed was just that official confirmation that you know it was all done and dusted wasn't it so uh, it was waiting, waiting quite a while, weren't they, Jack? That's,
0: that's the thing. It, was, it wasn't even necessarily. I think uh, we. Uh, I think a lot of people knew somewhere in the back of their heads that it was going to happen at some point. So I don't think there was really much doubt that it would happen. Especially when I think if you did the unweighted and weighted, Argo was still third either way, weren't they? So it was never. That was never even an issue. It was just. I don't know. I just thought it'd be muted. But that video was just did. It just got you. You know. It's like when you're at a stadium and they pump out something over the sound system. You know, it's the music that can really get you going. You know, if they pick the right song. And that, you know, you just imagine people in their own, it would be nice if they could sort of, people just send in their own videos of them celebrating and you could put them all together. And,
1: you know, I could just imagine people in
0: their living rooms all across Plymouth doing that.
1: Indeed. I'm sure there were a few celebrations in your house as well, Chris.
2: Yes, it it was a long wait in the end, wasn't it? It felt like you'd been waiting weeks and weeks and weeks. And the probable outcome was always going to be that Argyle would be promoted because whatever way you sliced up the sort of points per game and things like that, it was going to work out in Argyle's favour but um, like with most things isn't it the longer things drag on you know you wonder what's going to happen and uh, in the end the League 2 clubs voted to end the season with one exception Forest Green Rovers and uh, the clubs overall agreed on the promotion and relegation and playoffs so um, yeah no, great for Argyle to be promoted Um, they had some ups and downs along the way but um, I think the way they were playing towards the end of the season, as it was, they were playing some good stuff. They were on a really good run of form. And, you know, talking to Ryan Lowe, Joe Edwards, Neil Dewsnip, they've all made the point that they're pleased to be promoted, but they all feel that they could have gone on to, um, to win the title. So they're pleased with promotion, but a little bit disappointed they didn't get the chance to try and
1: win the league. I think that's the case throughout the whole of League Two, or certainly at the top end of League Two. You know, I, I don't remember a race for promotion quite as tight as the one that we saw this season.
0: And you know, just before this all kicked off with the coronavirus, before before I think maybe it was the end of February because I was away at the start of March. You know, we were looking towards the Devon Derby, for example, and that being the biggest game that you know the biggest Devon Derby for years. The fact it was going to be on Sky as well, and we'd been building up to this whole moment, everyone was looking forward to it ending. I'm sure the nerves would have been crazy as the season went on and you know i had Port Vale at home on the last game of the season and they was, would have been battling for the playoffs you'd imagine because they were in quite good form it was all just teeing up nicely wasn't it but you know the other thing I would say as well is with, with everything that's been going on recently you know I've got it easier than a lot of people you know it's, it's been tough hasn't it been being stuck inside the house and not really seeing people and what football's and I sort of, I sort of became numb to football I just didn't really care to be honest but it, it remind, that whole promotion the way the videos have been done it's reminded me how much football can be escapism and how much just you know whether you're watching that 90 minutes or whatever you can get away from everything else that's going on yeah. and just enjoy enjoy football or moan about football whatever you choose to do I think most of us moan more than enjoy but you know what I mean it's,
1: it's reminded me of how great football is for escapism yeah absolutely so I'll go um, up with, uh, with Swindon as champions crew in second place and the playoffs start on Thursday Are you guys uh, interested in, in the League 2 playoffs?
2: Very much so, Steve. Yeah, very much. So. I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing as much football as I can now. Um, the Premier League starts on the TV on Wednesday, doesn't it? The uh, the playoffs start on Thursday and and go on through the weekend. And um, I've even been watching Portuguese football just to get my to get my fix. I haven't seen any of the Bundesliga, but I've seen some Portuguese stuff. And I saw one of the Le- La Liga games, um, Espanol. That was quite interesting actually, because they on the TV coverage they'd sort of superimposed some fans into the empty stands. Okay. And they had a bit of crowd noise and it didn't look too bad, to be honest. But, um, no, I'm looking forward to the playoffs. I always enjoy the playoffs. I am very grateful that Argyle aren't in them, I've got to be honest. Um, It would, it would, it, it must be really difficult for all of the playoff clubs to, to prepare for these games. The travel arrangements, the fact there's going to be no fans there. It's a real step into the unknown for everybody. But there is so much at stake and a, you know, a Wembley final, I mean, it's going to be bizarre watching these games in front of empty grounds, knowing that there's a Wembley final awaiting for somebody who wins it. It's, But we're just living in strange times, aren't we? So everything's strange. Yeah. I, so I said, I said, I said to Stu just before this, we started, you know, but... the. The,
0: the one thing you, in years to come, will look back at this, you know, 10, 20, 30 years time, and you'll be looking at the games, and I hope, do you know what, I hope they don't keep superimposing fans onto it, because, you know, you look back at this, and see the empty stands, and go, oh, do you remember that time, do you remember when we couldn't even leave the house, do you know what, it'll bring back memories, and, you know, I'm sure for some people that'll be painful, but, you know, for a lot of people, it'll be just remembering a very weird time in society, won't it, and, uh, you know, you, you, you sort of remember these moments, and I think, you know, being part of, playoffs when there's no fans around is is going to be definitely something people look back on as being a strange time in their career
1: yeah it's interesting what you said earlier chris about the sound noise because um i have watched a lot of the bundesliga games mm. and some clubs have had sound effects inside the stadium that they play out yeah. the tannoy and i was watching a game last night i forget who it was now and there was a player that rather unsportingly instead of giving the ball back to the opposition after it was sportingly kicked out of play The ball, he he played on, as per normal. And, of course, there was a bit of a kick-off and all that sort of thing. Every time he got the ball after that, the guy (laughs) in the sound room kept pressing boom. (laughs) (laughs) It was brilliant. There must be a guy sat at a deck or something like that. just With all the various sound effects. It was priceless. So, uh, when the Premier League starts, it's interesting because I'm really keen to have these sound effects. Not necessarily like that because I think it could... Well, God knows what will happen, but I, I, I certainly, it was interesting, I was watching Gary Rowett, Rowett interviewed recently, and he said Mill will have been training at the Den with crowd noise and without, and okay. he feels that when the crowd noise is there, there's certainly a bit more intensity to the games. Yeah, definitely. So it'll be interesting to see how the Premier League go down that route of uh, of atmosphere.
2: Yeah, Very I good. mean, a couple of the games I've watched in Portugal, the Porto played in one of them, and A giant stadium, and all you could do when the referee blew his whistle, it just echoed around the stadium. It was just so strange. And yeah, it's interesting. I've spoken to to Joe Edwards and and Dom Telford and and asked them about how they um, feel about the prospect of playing behind closed doors. And you know, quite rightly, they said, Well, we're professionals, we'll know that there's three points at stake, we'll know the importance of it. But I I do wonder if you're playing in an empty stadium where you've just got the the referees' whistle echoing around. It, there must have a 1%, at least a 1% difference in how you treat the game, mustn't it? And the, the commitment you put in it must do.
1: Yeah, I think so. it would be interesting to see how things pan out. But um, get yeah. to, to League Two, Dave is asking, who in the playoffs do you guys tip to go up from both League Two and League One? Me first, Jack, or you?
2: Well, you can go first, and then I'll copy your answer. and no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm not too well up on League One this season, but um, I think Portsmouth have got to go up this time, haven't they? You know, I think that if I was going to go for a club, I would go for them. Um, in League Two, I, I really think it's difficult because when I look at the teams, the four teams that are in it, um, Exeter absolutely walloped Argyle, didn't they? 4-0 one day and, and looked a really good side. Colchester absolutely walloped um, Argyle in February up at the... Uh, Colchester Community Stadium what was it 3-0 you you were there Jack weren't you? Yeah I was there for that one yeah I mean Colchester looked like well beaters that day didn't they? Yeah Um, didn't get going did they? No Um, and then you look at the other semi-final Cheltenham beat Argyle comfortably at Home Park and Northampton beat Argyle again comfortably up there so on the games that I've seen all of those teams all four of those teams have beaten Argyle comfortably during the course of the season so there's no home advantage now, is there?
1: No, it's, no, it
2: really is. I don't know. I haven't looked that closely in form going. What was the form before the lockdown ended? But then again, that was three months ago. So what no. what what relevance has that gone? So I suppose I'm sitting on the fence. I suppose. And extra games are always more interesting, aren't they? They attract bigger crowds. If we've got crowds next season, that would be a bigger attraction than say playing Colchester. If I'm going to say who's going to win it. Crikey. Um, I might go Cheltenham. Cheltenham. Jack?
0: Well, League One, I'm, I'll tell you what, I'm annoyed that Peter Brandt, even in the play, I, I had this bet on it at the start of the season. Not as annoyed as Darren
2: McAntony is, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: had a bet, I had a bet on it at the start of the season and it was going really well, and it, I bet on every team to finish in the top few positions in each league, and it was going well, and now that's ruined everything, so disappointed about that. I, I I would like Portsmouth to stay in League One because I, I always like Argyle Portsmouth games. Mm. In terms of what I'd like to see as a fan it's different to what I think. Chris is quite right. But I think Portsmouth are the biggest team and probably the ones that are most likely to go up. Although, you know, I, as a team that's played Portsmouth in the playoffs before, I do hate it when the Sky folks on how big they are and ignore the other team. So, uh, you know, I, Wickham in the Championship—that would be odd, wouldn't it? I can't imagine Wickham. Being, I mean, got, the got one thing about.
2: So the Sorry, one thing about Wickham going up is that we wouldn't have to play him twice
0: next season. Oh, you've you just sold it to me, Wickham. I'm I'm back in Wickham for the playoffs. <laughs> I'm going to change my mind to Wickham as well, Right, <laughs> <should you? laughs> okay. okay. job Gareth yeah. Ainsworth's done there? To be fair to him, you know, he's he's done a. An yeah. Incredible. And yes, in, league no, two, in League Two, League Two, I've said I said to you guys before, my dad's from Colchester, so, so I do have a sort of soft spot from Colchester. So, you know, I've of, sort of known about them as much as Argyle, sort of pre going to watch Argyle games. Um, so I have a soft spot for them, but. A part of me wants Exeter, to, well a big part of me wants Exeter to lose, because I just find it funny, you know, as far as the rivalry goes, you know, that's what it's all about, but Chris is right, there's nothing better than a Devon Derby game, you know, I was really disappointed that the Argyle-Exeter game didn't go ahead this season, but even Cheltenham, in terms of, even if you think about distances, Cheltenham or Exeter would be great in League 2 next year with some of the long away games that Argyle will have. Um, I've mentioned every team, I've not really given a proper answer, have I? And Northampton, I've got one of the strongest squads in the league, I think. Some of the players Northampton have got are fantastic players, and I remember they struggled, didn't they, at the start of the season? And we were all questioning why Northampton were down in the lower ends of League Two. It's hard to call because who knows how people, what people's fitnesses are like? People don't know who's going to get coronavirus and who might be out. You know, Stu, you were, you, you know, you've, you've spoken to people about that. You know, it's just it's all up in the air. People always say playoff are a lottery but this year more than ever it's the yeah. biggest
1: lottery of all isn't it well exactly I mean you, you know you could you could as you say you could go into a final where <clears throat> all of a sudden a couple of days before you've you've had four or five positive cases or tests returned and those players are at the final you know you, you just don't know what's going to happen it is a complete lottery this year so uh but I think everyone's just delighted that football's back and you know we're going to have something to yeah. watch going forward that's uh I think I'm
0: not really I have lost I've lost my love for the Premier League. I'm not interested at all really. The only reason I pay interest now is because of fantasy football, but I'm not even sure I'm gonna carry on that on next season. You know, but I am looking forward to the League One and League Two playoffs. I love playoff games. So I'm looking forward to watching them and I'll have
1: to take out a special subscription so I can watch them. Yeah. Well let's get back to our then Uh Chris, the retain list came out last week. Were there any surprises on there for you? Um
2: No, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, the two most high-profile players leaving were Joel Grant and Ryan Taylor. And, you know, Joel's been a fantastic servant to Argyle. There's no no getting away from that. But um, he had had a few injury issues. And, you know, Ryan Lowe said, was he going to play for me in League One? No. So it's no point him being around, not playing football at his age. So I think that's fair enough. Ryan Taylor sounds as though he wants to move back to to Yorkshire again, another player that had had his injury troubles. So I I think most people would have expected those two to move on. There were some of the young players that went on. You know, Alex Fletcher didn't work out for him after um, such a a good start in the first team football a few years ago. Uh, The other young professionals, Tom Purrington and Mike Peck, you know, didn't really get a chance, spent a lot of last season out on loan to Southern league clubs. So I suppose that was an indicator, maybe that uh, they weren't necessarily in Ryan Lowe's plans. And then you look at the the players offered new contracts, 10 of them. I think in the circumstances, if you can try and keep the nucleus of your squad together, that's what you'd ideally like to try and do because you might not have your normal pre-season to prepare your team. So, if you can keep as many of your players from last season as possible, when you haven't got to work on team spirit and un- understanding how to play, that would be a, a, a good option. So, um, you know, there's 10 players that are, that have been offered new deals. If say eight or nine of those accept that, and then you add, uh, to the players already under contract, that's going to be about 15, 16, 17 players. And then Ryan Lowe's looking to maybe make three, three or four additions over the, over the summer before next season starts. So, um, I think it was you know, reasonably to be expected. I think the retainers, Jack. I don't know about you. Yeah, I think I think so. I, I think who knows what
0: if it would have been different had there not been the situation that's going yeah. on now. The end yeah. of the day, we don't know what budgets are going to be like, and I don't think you know normally I think chairmen and boards and whatnot have plans in place don't they with budgets but how can you predict you don't know when fans are going to come back in you know I know our goals club shops opened again today so that's great but you just don't you just don't know when these sort of situations will work themselves out so I think keeping some of your experienced players on is is, is not 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 a bad case as well and then limiting the amount of transfers you have to make in a time where who knows what you're going to be able to afford you know Simon Hallett's been fantastic at putting his own money in his pocket. So you know what the last thing he's going to need to do after trying to you know keep the club going is be paying transfer fees. That's definitely not going to happen, is it? So you're looking at free agents. There's probably going to be lots of them. But again, it's a weird scenario with with wages as well, isn't it? You know, you, clubs aren't going to be able to afford necessarily as bigger wages. And are going to be competing against some good teams in League League um, League One. You know, I watched, carried on watching the Sunderland documentary the other day, and they were talking about it takes 25 million pounds a year for them to run in League One, which is. Just crazy, isn't it? So it's a very unique, weird world, but I'm not surprised Ryan Taylor's gone. You know, sadly, injuries just got the better of him, I think, at Argyle in the end. He had a great patch just before his injuries. A bit like Ryan Brunt almost, isn't it? Um, had a good patch, then got injured, and never really recovered. And Joel Grant, it comes across, I've only interviewed him once, but he comes, comes across as a great guy, you know. And right. I, I really hope, and, and his wife as well, who interacts quite well with people on Twitter. She interacts with me quite nicely. They, they come across as a really nice family, a bit like Jamie and Heaveness. You know that certain families get really, really involved in the community, and they were like that. So I wish them all the best, as I do everyone that's left the club. But no, no huge shocks. Um, and let's not forget Will Aimson will be like a new signing next season. You know, and add to that the ones that have already been there. They know what it takes to to to, to, to go in League to League One, and hopefully Ryan's style of football
1: will will help them. Yeah. Matthew Penny is asking which loan players that came to the club last uh, this season would you like the club to re-sign on a permanent basis if that was possible and why? He says if Alex Palmer does not come back to the club, uh, would George Cooper be worth uh, sorry would Michael Cooper be worth a go in goal or should I go get somebody else in?
2: Um, Well, I I saw Ryan Lowe last Wednesday at home park and asked him about the 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 five loan signings and. um, uh, he's, he's he didn't name the club, but he said Josh Grant has already got a, another club lined up. So we won't, we won't be seeing him back. So we can, uh, we can cross him off the list. Alex Palmer, uh, he feels he's good enough to play in the championship. So um, I, I think Ryan Lowe was sending out the signal that he expects Alex Palmer to be playing higher than League One next season. Or at a higher club than League One um but he would be interested if he was available and why wouldn't you uh, he also said in the same breath though that he wants to, he thinks michael cooper can be the next alex palmer and we'll give him the chance to do that so i think uh i think there's every chance that michael cooper is going to get a real good shot to be the first choice keeper i would imagine that Argon might try to find an experienced keeper who could be either a starter or a backup but i think michael cooper's really got a a really good opportunity now to uh, to make himself first choice keeper. George Cooper, who was on loan from Peterborough, Barry Fry has said that um, Peterborough will only let him go for a transfer fee. Um, he's still under contract at Peterborough for another twelve months. Um, I can't see Argyle paying transfer fees for players this summer. I just, you know, the finances and everything. In fact, I can't see many clubs, uh, if any, certainly in League One and League Two, paying transfer fees. Um, you'd have to be pretty confident in your finances to pay transfer fees when you don't know when you're going to be playing games, when you're going to have fans inside your grounds, things like that. So I can't see if, if Peter would want a fee for him, that's, that's not going to happen. I suppose there's always a possibility of another loan, maybe. But um, I think as things stand, the only way we'll see George Cooper back at Argyle is on another loan. Uh, the same goes for Ryan Hardy. He's under contract at Blackpool. Did a great job for Argyle. I'd love to have him back, but I can't see Blackpool letting him leave for nothing. Um, so loan would be your best option there. Tyreek Backinson was um, on loan from Bristol City. They might feel that he's not ready for championship football yet, and they would consider a him loaning him to into a league one club like Argyle. So um, I don't think Bristol City would sell him for, for sure. So I, I, to be honest, I can't see any of them coming back on permanent deals. Um, but maybe one or two loans. Yeah, I think you're
1: right. Do you like to see any of those come back? Oh, I'd love to see them all come back.
0: They're all, they all fantastic. Oh, Josh Grant, not, not, not that he wasn't okay, you know, he did all right, but I, I'm not as fussed about him. But uh, Ryan Hardy, George Cooper and Alex Palmer particularly were fantastic. I think some of the best players in the team last season. But that being said, I'd love to see Michael Cooper get a chance. You know, Chris has seen him more regularly over the last few years. And Chris has said a few times, I think on the podcast and written pieces that he's come on leaps and bounds. Um, recently so he he probably does deserve a chance but if you can get Alex Palmer back great but you know the other thing is so many clubs are going to be looking for free transfers and loan signings and you know if you're a League One club and you see how well these players have done for Argo in League Two why wouldn't you join him to try and get them you know I think Argo are going to face more competition for these players than they would have done if in normal circumstances so it's going to be it's going to be a tough one to get anyone back that being said Ryan Lowe has done nothing but find decent players in his managerial career you've got to trust him I think until someone (laughs) makes you feel they can't be trusted you've got to trust that what he chooses is the right thing to do and you know he's managed to have a bulk of a defence because he did however many goals in League One last season and really shored them up despite attacking football in League Two last season so whichever player he's gone out to try and find I've I've done quite well so I'm I'm hopeful whatever happens that he'll find some decent players and we'll still have a, a fun and exciting brand of football next season.
1: I think the Ryan Hardy one's quite interesting because um, am I right in thinking black are under new management now? Correct. New so. old
2: management. It was a long time ago now, but it's not been much like yeah. difficult.
1: Actual- that's but, what that's what I can remember.
2: <laughs> so obviously- Ryan Hardy hasn't played un- Ryan Hardy hasn't played under the, the new manager. Yeah. So you would think at the very least the new manager would want to see Ryan Hardy for himself yeah. and see what he's what he's capable of and what he thinks of him before he'd he'd even consider any um, Movement, but like Isn't I say, it? Blackpool paid a fee for him when he signed from Rangers. They're not gonna, they're not gonna let him. He, he's come down to Argyle. He scored a seven goals in thirteen games. They're not gonna leave him, let him leave on a free transfer or go anywhere on a free transfer. Yeah, so, um, again, if you've not got any
0: money to for signings. You've got a, a ready-made goal scorer in League Two, admittedly, in your. Yeah. Back- if if you did let him go to Argyle and he did score a lot of goals in League One. You know, you're going to have the Blackpool fans going, hang yes. on, we have some on our books, yeah. we don't have to yeah. pay for, that. you've let go to another club that's battling for promotion, whatever, like we are. What, you know, I just can't see a situation where he's not going to
1: get a chance at Blackpool next season. No. It's no. interesting to see as well that our man Manjali's left Blackpool, hasn't he? Yeah. So um, they're obviously going to be a striker like that. Uh, Moving on then, guys, Richard Sloman, Ryan got very promoted in difficult, exceptional circumstances, and he has followed it up by doing the same with Argyle, albeit under a different kind of pressure and expectation. How big of an achievement have these two years been? Outstanding, I would suggest, given they both require different skills under different circumstances. I wonder who the last manager was to get successive promotions from the same division (laughs) with different clubs. I'll put that question to you, Chris. You're the football anorak amongst us. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that you were going to ask Jack that one last <laughs> I, I can't ever remember a manager winning successive promotions from the same league, can you? Well, it's, it's, it's
0: uh, rare for a manager to get promoted and then leave. And yeah, dropped. it is, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I've no
2: idea on the answer to that question. It, it can't be very common, can it? Because, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. It is is a a very good achievement for Ryan though, isn't it? To take Barry up. um, Yes, they probably spent more money on that squad than they should have done, um, which led to their financial demise. But nevertheless, you know, leading a team to promotion is not an easy task. He did that very well. And there was, of course, the distraction towards the end of that season at Barry where they weren't getting paid and things like that. And it could easily have fallen all apart and and they would have missed out on promotion. So he managed to keep Barry on the, the straight and narrow, despite all the stuff that was going on off the pitch. I suppose the biggest thing at Argyle was the expectation. You know, he did a great job of coming into Argyle and bringing a, a feel-good factor back to the club just a, a few weeks after the team had been relegated. And we all remember at the start of the 2019-20 season, there were really high expectations and... He, he raised the bar very high before he'd even seen his, his side kick a ball in anger. So I think the fact that he was able to, um, to bring in quite a few new players, mold them into um, a, an effective unit with a number of players that had been part of a relegation side, you, you really melded two, two groups of people together into one and the end of September, what were they were the 14th, something like that. But after, that period then it started to click so yeah he he did a he did a really good job at Argyle and um yes, yeah, certainly deserves his chance to manage in league one doesn't he at the very least
1: I thought I know you're writing the piece um this afternoon Chris but you I had a chat with you earlier on and you said that Ryan often felt the pressure uh, yeah not from the board but from the fans because of the expectation that was on the club promotion yes.
2: Yeah, and it was quite interesting that he was quite open about that. And um, he said there were times where I felt under pressure. He felt under pressure because he wanted to deliver success. He didn't want to let anyone down. He knew that the club had been relegated in in really poor circumstances. They should never have got relegated. And he wanted to come in and um, make an impact. And there was the Cheltenham game that I mentioned earlier in the podcast where they lost. I think it was September the 21st. And Argyle were 14th in the table then. And, um, you know, that was still early in the season. But at that stage of the season, that wasn't where people were expecting Argyle to be, especially as they'd won their first two games of the season against Crewe and Colchester. But he kept his nerve, um, was able to add a bit more defensive uh, stability to the side. And um, they grew and grew. But, uh, yeah, it was interesting. It was, certainly wasn't all... Play, you know, some... Promotion seasons, it feels almost from the start that it's like preordained and you're just going to, you're going to roll on and promotion, while not automatic, it just feels inevitable from a long way off. Um, It certainly wasn't plain sailing for Argyle in 2019-20, but they they got there in the end in, albeit very uh, weird, strange circumstances. Yeah. It has to be
0: said. It looks good for Ryan Lowe because you know any manager that wants to make any name for themselves in the game has to be able to deal with pressure from fans. You know, you're not going to manage decent-sized clubs if, without being able to deal with that type of pressure, are you? You know, every club that I'm sure any manager aspires to manage has that pressure from fans because that's why you want to be there because they have big expectations, they have aspirations of getting to a certain level. And the fact that he's dealt with that, I think, has been fantastic. And I'm not I'm not diminishing promotion from from League Two, but I've said before, you know, I don't think you have to spend the most amount of money. I don't think you have to be a particularly fantastic team to get promoted from League Two. I think you have to be organised. The thing that's impressed me most about Ryan Lowe, he's done it for two successive years by by, by playing such an entertaining brand of football. I think that's harder to do. I think you can get promotion from League Two without being entertaining, I, I, I would argue. But his style was so fun to watch. It's the first time for quite a while that I felt like, you know, I was... I would have paid more than I paid to go and watch that, if that makes sense. You know, I, Even when Argo lost, it was frustrating at times, but they still played you know, some good football. They had over 30 shots on, on goal in some games. You know, it's, In League Two, you don't expect, expect that type of football. And I think sometimes you've got to take a
1: step back and appreciate it while you're in it, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah. One final question for the first half then. James Garside, with the current financial climber, and Argyle being in a more stable position than most, with careful management and financial contribution from fans, could Argyle make a sustained effort for championship football without being reckless with their budget?
0: Well, I would, I would, I would say it's, it's it's such a lottery next season. I just think because of the finances, it might even be more of a leveller, if that makes sense. Yeah. Even though you are going to have teams with better budgets, of course. But because there's going to be no fans going in for a while, I think I think... So many things could happen, and as Chris mentioned before, I think having the bulk of a team that know each other could work in goal's favour. Um, I, don't, I don't think you need to spend big swarms of money. Look, Derek Adams almost got Argyle there, um, and I'd argue possibly with not as good a team as Ryan Loper together in League Two. But I think it'll be an interesting season, that's for sure.
2: It's it's just so difficult to predict, isn't it? You you just do not know when the season starts what clubs will have, what players and what sort of state of, of play they'll be in, how the financial fallout will have affected all these clubs. You know, it, it's difficult. You know what I'm like with predicting at the best of the time, Stu, but I, I really feel like you've, you've got nothing to base your predictions on other than just gut feeling. And, you know, my gut feeling is, is that if Ryan Lowe is able to keep the bulk of the squad he had last season, our goal should be reasonably competitive in League One. Whether that translates to them having any sort of hope of getting near the championship, I do not know. Um, there is the the, the perception, and it's true to a degree that Argyle are, 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 thanks to Simon Howard's financial generosity, are not in a, you know, desperate financial position. But I don't think anyone should be under any illusions that they're not immune to this. This is this is a a, a desperate situation for all clubs, you know, and. I think if Argyle can get through the 2021 season and be nice and solid in League One, um, I think that will be a good season, to be honest. And uh, as much as I'd love to see Argyle get back into the Championship at some point in time, um, a good, solid first season back in League One and try and get the club's finances a little bit more stabilised so that um, you know Simon Hallett doesn't have to do anything else would would be um, a good season, I think. Uh, okay. I I was going to say, so I start looking at it now. I'll,
0: I'll just be happy if there are 24 teams in League One next yes. year. I hope that all yeah. teams survive and can get through next season because yeah. nobody wants to see teams like, you know, there was something about Tranmere making 20 staff redundant or whatever it was last week. And I just hope there aren't more teams like that go the way that Berry have gone, you know, because we're all football fans. And of course, our rivalries, of course, we all have hopes that our team gets promoted but if we can finish next season with still all 24 teams being in, in league one and i will go stay in league League one I'll be happy with that I think that might change if, if fans get back in stadiums you know and you're battling for things that might change but sat here now that's all I hope for I hope that people are still earning wages I hope people behind the scenes that aren't football staff still have jobs and I hope that I know that sounds like a really hippy dippy answer but that is genuinely true that's what I hope no, match, yeah. I
1: think you've got a good point there, Jack. And it's yeah, me too. Hugh Parkinson said to me when I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago. He said, "We need we need other teams. We need other teams for competition, to trade, and for various other reasons." So you know, I don't think any football fan wants to see another Berry situation. That's for sure. Uh, Jack, you're going to take us into the break. Yes, the halftime teaser, the welcome return of the halftime teaser. I bet, and I bet you've both
0: been having withdrawal symptoms from that. I imagine everyone has across the country. So it's back with a bang. Let's see if Chris can get it. I've tried to make it a little bit harder this, this week. We're not giving so much information away. So, we'll I've sp-
2: spent the last three months doing my Argyle research just for this very occasion. If you get it after clue one, I'm quitting. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> clue number one. He was born
0: in Derby in 1969. Well, is that it? That, that's it. That's it for clue one. I, I, I like watching Chris's maths faces when he tries to work out how old someone is. 51. Question two. He made the most domestic appearances for Fulham, although QPR was not far behind.
1: Okay. Oh, I think I might have it. Oh, for God. sake. So if no, you're no, guessing no, it, no, like no. i
0: really need to make this harder. Chris is the expert, so if you're getting the answers after two, right. I haven't got it, Jack. Don't tell me just yet, Stu. We'll wait. We'll do some more clues for the people that are listening, and then you can tell me what I you think. I don't do. think it is actually thinking of the age. Clue three. He signed for Argyle in June 2005, but only went on to play 13 games for the side. Got it. You know who it is? Yep. Okay, well, I'll carry on. We'll carry on for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, need to, I need to do better. I might just give one. <laughs> His contract was cancelled the following summer, and he went on to play for Oxford United.
1: Oh, I might have got it.
0: Since retiring, he has moved into management, starting with Arsley, I don't know how you say that, Arsley Town from 2013 to 2014, and most recently, Hamworth Filler from 2014 to 2018. Clue six, according to Wikipedia, you can judge me for using Wikipedia, but that's what I've used. He now teaches PE at North Oxfordshire Academy. So those are the clues. I've got one more clue that makes it a bit more obvious after the break, um, and then I'll ask what you think it is.
1: Okay, well, welcome back to the second half of the podcast, and uh, we've been racking our brains trying to think of who this teaser is this week. I think I had it after the Fulham QPR clue, and my guess will be Rufus Brevett. And Chris, who did you think?
2: Uh, I I got it after the third one, and I would have guessed Rufus Brevett as well. I'll read clue number
0: seven now, and let's see if that fits in. The striker. No, I'm joking. The left back, <laughs> signed for the Pilgrims from West Ham. And you're both correct. It is Rufus Brevett. So, Stu, oh. I think
1: you've got the point in that one. I did. Look, I've even got it here. You can see it on my uh, <laughs> Rufus Brevit. Very good, Stu.
0: This is not, this is not, this is not um, putting down Stu's ability in any way whatsoever, but he's not an Argot Anorak. So, if you're getting it out Clue 2, I really need to up my game. Yeah,
1: you do. Uh, well, I'm, I'm one of these people that know I've got quite a good memory when it comes to players and their track record with former clubs. What I might do for
0: the next one I might not put their age straight away Because that then that, that, um, mm, makes it a bit tougher So you, I might not give the date of birth as the first clue next time You'll have to wait and You'll have to all wait with beta breath for next week's episode <laughs> To
1: find out <laughs> who in. Indeed, right, well let's crack on then Because we've got a couple yeah. more questions from Argyle fans Jake Dimmick is asking Where do you feel Argyle could realistically finish in League 1? We kind of touched on it a bit beforehand uh, Taking into account We'll probably have a new score to gel again Give or take a few. How do you think our goal will fare then? So, as you say, it's. I mean, Jack, you kind of touched on the point as well when you talked about Sunderland. You know, they it cost them twenty. Was it twenty five million? Did you say? That, yeah, that's what it said Part, in the documentary. Partake in in, in a season. So it, you know, if they go three, four months without, or maybe even six months, that's a twelve and a half million pound shortfall straight away of no income.
0: Yeah, I. I you know, I, I. I said it before the break, and I. I, I I really do believe that i will just be happy that if we finish the season without getting relegated and there are still 24 teams in each division, you know, I, I'm so passionate about English football and about the pyramid and about the way it works. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I know loads of our fans are, they don't want B teams, they don't want second teams. You know, you, get, you can get massive crowds in the, in the fourth tier in, the, in, this, in this country. It's, I love the way the system works. I love the promotion, the relegation. I think everything about the way it works in England is fantastic. And I hope, the club survived, so that is still in place for the following few seasons. But look, Ryan Lowe, I, I believe, can bring more success to Argyle. I think it could work in Argyle's favour that they've got some very good players. I think, you know, if you can keep Don Telford fit, he looked great when we saw him. Williamson's going to be like a new signing. Michael Cooper, I think, will be chomping at the bit to get his chance in goal. You know, and if you add, if you can add some flair players, you know, Ryan Lowe's got good contacts. They might, he might be able to get some good players from Liverpool on loan now we're in League One. You know, that might help. You know, Stephen Gerrard at Rangers, that might help. There might be players he can get. I, the contacts he's got and his record so far makes me think that with a few additions, probably on loans, Argo, you know, if you get five good loan players again, that's, a, that's almost half your first team. There's no reason why Argyle can't do well next season.
1: Yeah, we've got a question actually from Jordan Malloy saying, um, he'd love to know what areas of the Argyle squad you guys think Ryan Lowe will need to strengthen ready for League One and what players he might target for those positions. Interesting. The thing for me, I think, will be how Argyle fared defensively, because as we touched on earlier in the podcast, a lot of those defenders, the likes of Watton, Canavan, Sawyer, you know, they were in the team that got relegated from League One, Correct. and Argyle yeah. conceded, conceded an awful lot of goals. Yeah, I think it's only fair to say that they did improve massively last season, but going yeah. up another level into League One would be a big test for them.
2: That would that would be a big question mark, wouldn't it? Those those three players you mentioned, Stu, we're all part of the the squad that was was relegated. Um, they all played considerably better last season. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about that. But obviously, it was a division below, so you would have question marks. I think it's only fair to say, well, can they do it at Lee One next season? Um, will Ameson is going to be an interesting one because we we never really saw him last season, and Ryan Lowe will have high hopes for him. So it'd be interesting to see how he adjusts. But yeah, you would you would think. They would like to get a central defender in as well um, to add to the competition. But I, I just keep going back to the it's just so difficult to know how teams are going to approach squad building and and what type of players you're going to be able to get because there are so many uncertainties at the moment. So looking at the squad they're going to, if Alex Palmer doesn't come back, they'll need another goalkeeper. You know they, they probably would like a central defender. You know Joel Grant and Ryan Taylor have gone. So, you know, you're looking at strikers, aren't you? But you don't know um, if Ryan Hardy doesn't come back. You're just thinking off the top of my head, what are we left with? Jeff Jeffcott, if he signs a new deal and Byron Moore, that's about it up front, isn't it, Jack? So, and Telford. Uh, and Telford, yeah. So, yeah. As things stand at the moment, there's 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 gaps all over the squad. So, um, well, let's, well, well, see, let's see how many of the retained list accept their new contract offers and then... Once you've put them into the the players that are already under contract, you'll have a better idea of of what areas need strengthening.
0: I would say, and this is a really easy way of answering it, I just think he needs to replace the players he's lost, you know, player for player almost. That's that's as simply as I can put it, I think. You know, for every player he's lost, he needs to try and replace them somehow, you know. uh, and the one good thing about Williamson, if he stays fit, is we only saw him in brief spells. He, to me, looked, and we mentioned this before, months ago, he looked like the type of player that Sonny Bradley was, where he can get on the end of corners, on the end of free kicks. And that's what Arga, I think, have missed. I think they've done well defensively to have, a, like you said, the bulk of a team that's conceded so many goals. But they're not very attacking, are they, from set pieces? I think that's something that they can improve on. Hopefully, Williamson will fit that role. But, yeah, just adding adding players... that that Argyle have lost you know that that's 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 the easy answer I think
1: yeah another question from David Neal. do you think Danny Mayer will be a lot more effective next season in league one more football and less getting kicked I feel for Danny Mayer because I think he was effective I think if you watch it often when goals are
0: scored all the people that get the credit are the goal scorer and the assist aren't they but often Danny Mayer was the assistant to the assister if that makes sense he made so much happen in midfield um, I, I, it's always hard when you're a flair player in a team and you're, a, you're seen as a star player because you do have two or three players surrounding you at all times and because of that, some of the other players that thrive, like Anthony Sarcevic had space and that was because of Danny Mayer's threat so anyone that says he didn't contribute as much as he, maybe they thought he should yeah, maybe he didn't get as many goals as he thought but I think he was a big part of our goal success last season a really big player
1: Yeah, I think that's something you agree with as well, isn't it Chris?
2: Yeah, it's something I'm going to write about, actually. It's on my list of my list of things to write this week, Stu, is um, why Danny Mayer would be better suited to League 1, League 2. And, um, um, yeah, that's um, something I would, I would agree with. I won't uh, say too much more, because otherwise <laughs> no-one will read my piece that I'm going to write. But uh, I, I, would, I would agree with Jack's sentiments.
1: Indeed. Do you think that's the case for other players as well? Sometimes it is, yes. You know, uh, League... Although, sometimes yes, but I must admit, Stu,
2: that League Two last season, I thought there were some quite decent football sides um, in the division. More than perhaps you might have expected. Um, You know, League Two stereotype is sort of kick and rush, Um, not much football played. But if you look at the teams, you know, in the automatic promotion places in the playoffs, I reckon nearly all of them, you could pretty much say were, were, were football sides to a greater or lesser degree, wouldn't you think?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd go along with that. We've
2: spoken so. Football comes
0: in cycles, haven't we? You know, with the way teams play. And I think a few years ago, teams were playing with one up front and just sort of hoofing up a bit and being more brutal, you know, brutal in their in their physicality. But I think the last few years, it seems to be more common that even in the lower leagues, they're trying to play the ball out from the back more, aren't they? It's it's funny how how these sort of systems and ebbs and flows come come around.
1: Absolutely. Right, chaps. Well, that's all we have time for this week. Thanks ever so much for joining me. Jack, are you going to get back on the beers now? Continue your celebrations?
0: I've got work to do. This isn't even part of my job anymore. I think my boss is going to be steaming at the ears that I've been on this for so long.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's good to get together again, though, and and talk football. And As Jack said earlier, Stu, we've had the retain list. The the season's ended. This does feel like the close season, but I think there is going to be an awful lot of speculation about players, a lot of talk about when the season might start. We haven't touched on that today. We can talk about that next time, when fixtures might be out, when we might have games, when there might be games with fans inside. There's an awful lot to discuss in the coming weeks. So now we're back. Hopefully um, we can get into a good um, good routine, have everyone uh, on, on board listening. Feel free to send your questions in. As always, it's great to see receive your questions and um, plenty to talk about in the next few weeks. And I just had
0: one thing before we go? Um, yeah. Just, just we did the um. Well, Chris, may, Chris and You, Stu, mainly did the uh, supplement um, over the weekend. I just would like to say, Rob, a bit of a shout out to Rob Bullen, who I think his, his cartoons that he's done throughout the last few months have been fantastic and really well received. And I spoke to him last week or via email, and he he, he gave me his little story, which was in the paper. And I just think. You know, things like that have really helped over the last few months. It's made people smile. It's made people interact with each other on, online about something that's a bit lighthearted, which I think has been needed. And, you know, he, he's, he's so talented at what he does. So he's so witty that he can come up with these ideas, you know, within, within minutes of news breaking. So just give a little shout out to him. And if anyone's not seen, seen it, either go onto his profile, Robbie Bullen, on Twitter, or have a look at the story that we've done that's included so many of his cartoons of the fat lady waiting to sing. And now, of course, she finally has.
1: Indeed. Right, well, we'll leave it on that note. Jack, Chris, as I say, thank you for joining me and thanks to you out there for listening. We'll be back again next week. Bye-bye. We are always happy to hear from you. And if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account at Herald PAFC or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.